So welcome to The Way We See It, a slightly different version. If you're watching on YouTube, we're on my phone today recording this just because my laptop decided it wasn't going to play ball. But I have the absolute pleasure today of introducing somebody I've known for a very, very long time. We worked out the other day, it was like 10 years, didn't we? Like when we were on your bad podcast. The absolutely gorgeous Carly Thornton, who is CEO of the best gym clothing company in the world, like without, uh, no, there's literally no other way of describing it, um, Glutey Wear. But we actually know each other way back when, when Carly was competing, I was first getting into competing. So it's kind of been a really interesting journey to watch from the, you know, the outside and see what you've been up to and, you know, see what's been going on. So Carly, I would love for you to kind of just give people that kind of follow me or are listening to this or watching this a bit of background on yourself. I know that's such an open question, but you know, how did you firstly, I guess within that, get into the fitness industry? You know, what's your, and then what's kind of been your journey to date? And then I'll just jump in with questions. Okay, well, I literally had, before I started competing in 2008, I had no, no, um, you know, I didn't do any sports or anything. Um, I actually, I was a couch potato. I had low self-esteem. I was, I classed myself as the bubbly fat girl. That's what I was. You know, <laughs> like, I, I actually hated the way I used to look. Um, and it came to a point that I would not go out with my friends uh, unless I had had quite a lot to drink before I went out because okay. I just hated myself hated the way I looked, hated everything. I didn't feel worthy. Um, and I mean, it sounds so cliche, but it was after quite a few years of being like that in my early 20s. Um, so I didn't actually start fitness until I was about 28. So, And that is in, quite, you know, I mean, as much as we still be 20s, it is quite late. And I, I also think mm. how amazing that you only got into this world when you were 28 and yet you've created everything that you have in that space of time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you look back on it is, I think it's, I think my changing point was, I woke up one day and I thought, you know what, I need to change me because no one else is gonna change me. And that's when I actually joined the first, it was like a community gym. And the reason I went there is because I think it cost about pound sixty at the time, but no one went there. So yeah, I used yeah, yeah. to go in there and it was perfect because I didn't want to see anyone. Like I felt, I felt strange. I, I felt inferior going into a place like that anyway. And then I kind of built up some self-esteem to go into more of like a, a commercial gym, whereas I would class it as I began as a gym bunny. Um, and for years... I did just pure cardio, running on a treadmill, but at the same time, my eating was really bad because I did suffer from eating disorders. Um, so I was eating like a watermelon a day, one of them um, uh, V8, which is like a, a vegetable drink, a yeah. bag of lettuce, anything that was low in calories, I would eat. And I was probably the most unhappiest person you'd ever meet um, because I had no energy. Um, I had no sex drive. Well, yeah, I mean, how would you? You're not eating anything. No. Um, and even though I was losing weight, um, that's what we have to remember. It's not just about losing weight. It's about loving the person you are. 
um, and it was them, cut a long story short, um, I started then progressing onto the weights, loved the way weight training made me feel, I felt strong, it made me feel more confident, I felt more powerful, um, and it just, it just brought me to life. Um, and then it was, then it, it kind of spiraled into that for a personal trainer one day saying, you, you know, you should compete. I was like, competing? What's competing? What's that? <laughs> no, good old, good old Google, like typing yeah. it in. <laughs> what but, did we um, do before the internet? Like, I actually am at that, because obviously we are both of the age that we actually didn't use to have computers. We didn't have mobile phones. Like that wasn't a thing. We actually, we both remember that. Mm-hmm. And I actually sometimes struggle to comprehend how we did anything without Google. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. But um, yeah, so that, that was what it was really. I, and then I start, started competing, um, competed for a number of years. Um, I actually had a couple of years on competing. Then I stopped competing for three years because I wanted to get more into like the say the fitness modeling side, magazines, writing articles. And then it was 2015 when I got my pro card. So that's kind of cutting a long story short of training. Um, but still with competing, I wasn't overly happy with myself. Um, I, you train to um, for visual um, when you go on stage, you 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 know it's not about the what you feel inside; it's about the way you look and you know the way you present yourself and symmetry, etc. So it's a completely different thing. So it wasn't until um, probably one of the the worst times of my life was actually one of the best times was when I had a relationship breakdown. Um, I decided not to compete again. Um, I decided to change my job. I say I decided to change my job. I lost my job. So I had three major things happening at once. And then that's what gave me the kick up that butt to actually do something for myself. One, to um, work on the, the my inside a lot more and, you know, about happiness and, you know, who I was as a person, what, you know, what do I want to do? What's my purpose? What makes me shine? What gives me energy? Um, and I had to work on that a lot. And then at the same time, that's when I brought on Glutiware, um, the business, which was like, I was thinking about that for over a year, getting samples and everything, but I just didn't have the confidence to, or the belief to do it. And it wasn't until, you know, I had all of these massive things going on in my life that I just again I decided to change like I did when I was so fed up with the way I looked initially and it took so many years for me to go you know what I need to change this and I suppose it's the same thing like you know roll on another 10 years and I had the even though it's a lot of massive trauma things going on in my life it's the same thing I'm thinking I have to change this so I suppose you know it's uh another transition definitely and I think what's really interesting and I think you know it's actually something we touched on when I came onto your podcast as well actually was around um which if you haven't already checked out it's called the healthy mind right so it's not currently live but it's going to be live soon correct healthy mind yeah yeah okay cool so what we talked about was that it's quite almost quite saddening that sometimes you have to reach that place of rock bottom before you'll do anything you kind of have to reach a real level of pain or a real level of 
where things are unbearable, whether it is financially, emotionally, or with your health, before most people are like, you know, actually catapulted into action. And I think, you know, you've just explained massively there that that's been a real thing for you, you know, on two particular occasions. You know, one of my questions was going to be to you, Carly, is I believe in something called inflection points, which are basically points in your road that are a fork and you can go that way or you can go that way. And it is really that fundamental. So whatever decision you make at that point is going to catapult your life in a different direction. And I think, you know, you've touched on two of the biggest ones, obviously, you know, uh, like wanting to lose the weight and taking that first step in the gym and obviously deciding to step, you know, launch Gluteware in that moment where, you know, life felt chaotic. I guess my question now would be, you know, in those two moments, you know, what was it that made you go, I think I can describe it as like, fuck this, like, fuck this. What was it that, you know, was it something someone else said? Was it uh, the environment that you were part of? Was it something you'd seen? Was it someone else's influence? Was it inspiration? Like in those two particular instances, so deciding to get in shape and deciding to start a business, which actually most people who follow me are probably most interested in one of those two things. Yeah you know, what was it in those two circumstances that made you actually do something? You know what? It wasn't to do with anyone. I would say the most major thing was being complacent, being the feeling of being comfortable. Um, I don't like that feeling. Um, it does nothing for me. It doesn't inspire me. Um, I don't have any passion and I was fed up of feeling uncomfortable, uh, comfortable, sorry. Um, because, you know, as you know, like, that feeling of just being okay, I don't want to just be okay. I'm not born to just be okay. Um, you know, I want to do things in my life. Um, and I would say that's probably the most biggest thing that where I just got fed up of being okay. Mm. You know, even when I was in, um, you know, in the, the relationship, the relationship broke down and, you know, all of that going on, I because of everything that was going on, like with my competing and I was in a relationship, everything was okay there, but I didn't want to be okay. Yeah. yeah. It took, it took being so kind of, you know, complacent in everything that over time when it all broke down, I thought this is, this is my time now. Yeah. So within that, actually, it's just a really interesting thing because actually I've been through a bit of a window recently. So um, around I've been feeling for a couple of months, a little bit numb, a little bit emotion. It's almost like I was on the grind of life. And as someone who runs their own life, who has, you know, my own businesses, I basically run my own diary. I was kind of struggling to understand this feeling that I was going through. And I think it's common to have these, you know, peaks and troughs in life where things feel exciting and then things feel a bit meh. And things feel exciting because, you know, life isn't linear. But to your point about almost feeling like just being okay, I think that most people confuse just being okay with something negative or they think just being okay is actually a positive thing because of the fact that, you know, life can be hard. So how would you, for you in your life, differentiate now the difference between just being okay and things being freaking awesome? Like how does how are you different in when you know you're just okay or what how do you recognize that you slipped into just okay rather than thriving i think it's a good word i think i think it's harder now you've got your business to you can't be complacent because you mm. know you know if you sit in there being complacent there's someone other other person that's not so i think yeah. it's slightly different in that respect um but 
I know that I always have to have a next goal. So with, you know, with the business, if it's where we're looking at our next event or we're looking at another challenge, it's having these goals for these particular months. So then I've always got something to work towards. So it's not just, I, I can't work on, say, you know, a lot of people would class um, a clothing brand as just a brand, whereas Glucy wears a community. So it's, it's, yes, it's clothing, but it's, you know, we have the events, you know, we're working on this new um, self-love challenge, you know. So I've got all of these other aspects that we're working on. Um, so for me, to just be okay would just be focusing on the clothing on its own. Um, mm. That's not enough for me. That doesn't, that, that doesn't bring me enough passion because it's not, I'm helping a lot of people feel good in their clothes. But I don't want to help just a few people. I want to reach out to more people. So that's, that's what it is. It's always having uh, a next, say small goal, because it is, because it's a goal that you can achieve in a couple of months. Um, so to have them small goals, to always progress and to build my confidence in different ways. Um, because when I did my first event, it was, a, I had a business coach at the time. Um, and I was saying to him, I really want to do these events. Um, and I didn't feel, I didn't believe that I could, I didn't believe that I could achieve that. And he just said, why aren't you doing it? And I could not give him an answer. And I walked out of there, booked the venue and that's how it spiraled. Yeah. So, yeah and yeah. then. Yeah, so then you, you're building your confidence by doing your first your first ever event or whatever it is. And that's, you know, when people say, I haven't got enough confidence, to me, that's because you haven't proven to yourself that you can do that. Once you've proven to yourself you can do that, then you're going to do it again and your confidence rises. Definitely. And I always talk about the belief action cycle. So belief builds actions you've got there's got to be some thread of belief that it's possible but if you've had the idea it's freaking possible so the belief builds that you know the will to act and then you act even in a small way taking those baby steps especially in the beginning of a fitness journey or a business journey it's very much about that baby step approach you know and then the acting builds the belief that it can happen so it's this cycle of belief and action and i think you've completely nailed that there i i mean i guess coming back to your maybe just talking around the competing and the fitness side of things for a minute you know what was it that made you decide to transition out of competing so as somebody myself who i used to compete i transitioned out of it i now coach girls to compete so i'm obviously still massively involved i mean we're different sides of the industry you know you were very much more on the kind of uh, the bodybuilding end of the spectrum and i'm much more on the fitness modeling end with pure elite but you know what was it that made you decide to transition out not to compete again and what was it then that you kind of wanted to get out, I guess, of glutey wear or your next chapter of your life? Um, well, when we talk about competing, the, the reason I stopped competing is because it didn't, it wasn't aligned with my vision or my morals. Um, for me, like in my category, um, a lot of the girls were a lot bigger than me muscular wise. And it's not something that I wanted to progress into. Um, so for me, like some people would do anything for a win or anything for a goal, but I had, I had achieved the goal that I wanted to achieve. I um, got as far as I wanted to get in it. And I think that's very important because some people just continue to do something um, and go out of their morals and out of what they 
possibly feel comfortable doing um and for me i was just i thought you know what i've done what i needed to do you know i i got my pro card that was the the aim um and genetically wise i knew that i wouldn't be one of the best in the olympia i wouldn't place in the top three did i want to place in the top three no i wanted to be first i would never be first so i've done what i needed to do yeah yeah totally get it and i was exactly the same like I'm four foot ten. Like, and don't get me wrong, there are bikini girls now. Like, bikini from when I stopped competing, bikini as a category, particularly, has evolved massively. Yeah. Like, especially IFBB world. But for me, you know, the last time I competed, I was forty-one kilos. You know, I mean, I'm I'm healthy and slim now at forty-eight, forty-nine, and you know, the concept to me of having to be under forty-two kilos from a long, you know, as, a, as especially you know, genetically again quite endomorphic quite soft naturally I am to have to do that for what that was kind of how I matched it up and it's not to discredit anyone else's journey or anyone else's pursuit of pro cards and other things because I obviously I massively endorse the industry or I wouldn't be coaching in it yeah because I think it's an incredibly transformational journey for so many people but what I always want people to understand is you and you you absolutely nailed it you have to get out of it what you want don't mm. assume that to, to get something out of competing, you have to be the best. For yeah. some people, it is about being the best and chasing that next thing and the trophy and the shiny thing and whatever. But for some people, competing is just a focus and a goal. And as you touch on having goals for your life is a way to move yourself forward. And one of the biggest things I see with my girls that compete is how much they change their life outside of competing because of the momentum and the energy competing brings them. Mm. So, you know, coming back to the business side, so when you transitioned across to you know, build Gluteware and your vision for what Gluteware was. What for you was kind of, you know, when you started this business out, obviously, you know, businesses evolve and change. But when yeah. you started the business, what was your vision for what it looks like? And right now is, are you living that vision? Are you living where you wanted to be from a few years ago? Yeah, you know what, when, um, when I first, oh God, God, let me think. Um, when I first retired from competing, and that's when I bought on the, the glutey wear. It was basically, I would say, the first thing would be mindset, like from bodybuilding. Bodybuilding has given me and given me such a strong, determined mindset. And I know that, you know, we there's so many ups and downs. We have so many struggles. And I know if you really, really want something, you can do it. I know that because, you know, like you go to like some really bad places, like where you are you feel alone you know you're tired all the time and you know that you don't want to get up sometimes you know because you feel really low um and that's that's how it has helped me massively because it helps me with anything because when you know now i admit you know if i have burnouts from um working working too much as we do um or if it's because something is going going on in the business out of my control and I can't do anything about it, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to affect me. Um, I might have times that you know, I struggle to get out of bed because it's cold, yes, and I just haven't got that motivation. But motivation doesn't get you to many places. You have no. to have that drive. You have to have that, that burning desire to want to achieve something when you're at your lowest. Um, and that's what happened to me when I had so much going on, first of all, 
I actually put a structure in place, like like bodybuilding, you know, you get up, you do your cardio, whatever. I put a structure in place in the morning that I had to get up, I had to walk the dog, I went to the gym to do some cardio to help with my mindset, and then I was up. And that's mm. what helped me kind of progress um, with like my, my personal development, my mindset, and then I, I became a happier person. But it took that to lift me back up and that's what I really really believe that bodybuilders help me do that I know when I'm down I know that I can get back up I just have to work on it and that's Definitely. anyway that's completely going out of like GluteWeb but the main reason first of all I started GluteWeb is because nothing fitted me like I've got muscular mm. legs my waist is um smaller than my legs so the, either the material, the compression of the material was wrong. Um, the shape never fitted me because obviously they'll be tight on my legs um, and then too baggy on the waist. They were see-through, they weren't durable, or they just didn't flatter me. They gave me a flat bum. Um, and I bought stuff from internationally, but then I had to pay the FedEx charges. So there was so much more on that. So in that, that's when I started getting samples and everything. And then when I launched Gucci Wear, it was the initial thought of, I don't want women to feel like I felt because I felt like I felt so unconfident training. I felt like I shouldn't be weight training because I cannot find anything that fits me. And mm. that's how I felt. You know, even when I was doing a deadlift, I used to tie a jump around my waist because I knew they were see-through, but I wanted to focus on my training. Um, so I just wanted to bring out clothes that people who train still feel good um, and feel how they should do. So that was that was the vision initially. Um, and even though it was my vision, when I brought it out, it was more of a, this is what I'd love to do. Let's see how it goes. And it was more of a, the first year, it came to the end of the first year, I was like, wow, this isn't just a passion. I've got something here. I've got a business. Mm. And, but it took that, oh, you know, I might just bring out a pair of leggings. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't um, a, big, a, a big business plan I had or anything. It was just I wanted to do something to help other people, to help other women feel, um, feel better than I used to. So that was the kind of thing. And that's how it kind of spiraled, really. And you know what? It's actually really similar to Stara Blakely, who started um, Spanx. You know, it was just because she couldn't wear white trousers because you would always see her underwear. So she had this vision to create, you know, seamless underwear. And, you know, then one day it got on, you know, she didn't start with a business plan. She just liked the concept. One day she got on Oprah because someone she sent it to Oprah and then boom, we all know what Spanx is now, right? So, and it literally is that story of just having a need, like finding a need and finding a niche. And, you know, mine was a need, which was there are girls out there that want to compete that don't want to be. And at the time when I was competing, it was very much a bodybuilder's world. So if you weren't coached by a bodybuilder, you weren't coached, like that Mm. was that. And so I was like, there's a niche here for girls that want to do this, but don't want to do it in that, hardcore white fish and rice like there's a way to do this that isn't that and so when I started that from team superbox that was exactly my niche and then that evolved into we are known as the personal development girls like we're like we do personal development and then we compete we do personal development then and so your business always evolves I guess you know just touching on what you said around um you know you created a structure for yourself 
you know, when you were at your lowest of lows. And I think that's the time we want to do personal growth or personal development the least. And it's the time we need it the most, right? So my question to you is now, you know, where you're at now in life, do you have a set of daily rituals, a daily routine, daily habits that you do that are focused around your mindset and your growth? Um, but I still have uh, habits that I do. Some of them aren't as structured, but in the, when I say not structured, like sometimes I will, in the morning, I always walk the dog if the dog needs walking. So that happens. Yeah. I don't little do, one. Yeah, little I two. love him. <laughs> um, I don't go to the, uh, the gym to do cardio because um, one, the weather's really bad and I can't be bothered to drive there. But I walk the dog in the morning. That's what I do. Then I will come home and I will either meditate or I'll read my book. Um, I will do either one or the other or I'll do both of them. Depends on what kind of mood I'm in. Um, whereas when, when I was more in a structure, I would, do, I would meditate and I would do my gratitude. Um, I don't write gratitude every day. But when I'm walking the dog, I'm thinking about things and I'm being more present. I'm looking around. I, I touch some of the flowers. I touch leaves. So I'm being amongst nature at the same time. So I kind of do it in a different way than actually just write it on paper. Because for me, I'm actually feeling it then. Whereas sometimes when I'm not in the mood, um, I can't feel gratitude. I can't write anything down because I haven't got that. Whereas if I walk outside and I stand still for a minute and I look around me, I go, wow, there's actually a lot to be grateful for. So I think it's just a different way of doing it. Um, yeah, so absolutely. yes, I still have structure because I still do it in the morning. And the only reason I do it in the morning is because I want to read every day. That's one thing that I want to do because it puts... One, I want to grow. I want to grow as a person. And I know if I don't do it in the morning, I won't do it. I know mm. that. So it's just my time where I sit there, I read one of my books. Um, I read at least a chapter. As long as I've read a chapter, I'm fine. Um, and then that's when I kind of have my coffee and then get on with the day after that. So with, you know, personal development, obviously we're, you know, we could talk about this for like 10 hours, <laughs> literally. What is some one of, or some of your thin favorite books or favorite podcasts or favorite, you know, authors or, you know, YouTube channels, like what's kind of your, some of your favorite sources of inspiration or growth? Um, see, I've, I, I've transitioned from different people. Um, I used to always love uh, Gary Vee as a podcast. Um, his podcast has changed quite a bit now, or maybe I'm just in a different stage in my life that I need someone different. Um, so I used to love J uh, Gary V. I I love um, The Diary of a CEO. Um, okay. I don't know. Amazing. And um, On Purpose is very good. Um, I've, got, I've got a lot of female ones, but they're the two I think I, I, think I relate to a lot more just because they kind of say things and you're just like, yeah, I get that. You know, mm. like you can just... They're relevant. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I have, I mean, I've got loads on my phone. I mean, when it comes to books, I would say I love Bex King. Bex King's amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like more kind of positivity books um, because they help, they help put, put me into a different perspective. Things, maybe the way that I've thought about something and then I'm reading that and I just think, wow, I didn't think about it in that way. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I like, oh, that's one I do listen to is a gold digger. That's one okay, that yeah. I actually listen to today. So, but with I podcasts, I listen to them in the car 
just like audiobooks. Um, I've got mm. so many audiobooks, and they are mainly the audiobooks are business ones. Um, because I find I find like even even if you drift off while you're driving, something. Um, yeah, it's subconsciously coming in. Um, and I listen to YouTube while I'm going to bed. I, I so I, I fall asleep listening to YouTube all the okay. time. Asleep, a sleep meditation or like a yeah, they're always sleep meditation, and I do mindfulness meditation as well for twenty minutes. That's amazing. So if someone you know is listening to this and or watching this, and they're looking at starting a business, maybe it's a traditional business like you know yours, whether it's retail, whether it's product based, whether it's virtual and services based, whether it's you know obviously I have a big business in network marketing. But it's network marketing, maybe it's coaching, maybe they're, you know, as a business owner for you, what would you say is maybe your top one to three tips on, you know, and tips is such a broad term, right? Because, you know, there's so many things you could talk about. But if someone was looking at starting a business, what would three pieces of advice be to that person looking to start a business from your experiences? I'd say the first one is knowing your why. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it to make money? Are you doing it because it's a trend? Or are you doing it because you actually want to do that? Um, because I find a lot of people want to start a business because they think they're going to make money. I want to open a gym and I'm going to make loads of money. Or I'm going to do this and I'm going to make loads of money. You will not make loads of money, first of all. You have to, you have to prioritize investing to progress. And that's one major thing that, I've learned, I, put, I invest everything into the business. Um, so like the, the first year, I didn't overly pay myself anything um, because I was investing everything back um, into more stock, into more marketing. So I think the major thing is, one, to find why you want to do what you're doing. Because if you are only doing it for money, then when you do have them hard times, when you when you aren't making as much money as you thought you was, you could quite easily give up because you haven't got your why. You know, there's mm -hmm. not enough to it. I think that's a major thing. And I think a lot of people don't start a business because it's, I will start when I've got this amount of money or I'll start next year when I'm in a better place. There's never going to be a better place than right now. Just do it because you're just stalling. Um, mm, 100% agree. So I would, I would say the, the two main things, really. Um, and I just think, you know, don't ever feel like you're not good enough and don't feel like just because someone, you, you want to do something different to someone else doesn't mean it's wrong. It's amazing that you want to do something completely different, you know? Def definitely, babe. Like I, well, mom, I'm so agree with thing. So I guess as a kind of a final question to you then, you know, obviously we're going to be talking more about lots of other stuff that we're going to be jumping together on and... I guess, you know, where, what's next for Glutie Wear? What's next for Carly Thornton? You know, where are you headed in the next three months to a year? So that, you know, let's say we redo this podcast in a year and we can be like, hey, guess what? She said she's going to do it and she freaking did. <laughs> um, for me, um, Glutie Wear will be a UK's number one fitness brand, a female fitness brand, no doubt about that. Um, and then we will be bringing out a men's range. That will be an umbrella company. Um, so I have a different name, um, obviously a different logo. So it'll be kind of together, but separate. That's for Glutey Wear. And we'll be doing obviously different events um, and building that community. For me, 
I'll be having my own event and I want to be speaking at schools, I want to be speaking at universities, I want to be speaking in offices about progressing in life and progressing in business with your mindset and how building that mindset is just going to help you achieve anything. Um, and that's that's my vision for myself. That's what I want to do, like bar Gucci wear. I love that. Amazing. <laughs> is there anything you wanted to ask me in line with what we talked about? Or I always ask people this question because some people are like, actually, yeah, I do want to ask you this. And we obviously did a podcast like last week, so it's a bit different. But is there anything you wanted to ask me or anything that you feel like I haven't asked you that you'd love to talk about? Well, what would you say when you are having maybe your lowest times, what makes you carry on? Like how, how does your brain tick? Because I think, I think you have to have, you have to be a very strong minded person anyway. Mm. Um, so I want to know what makes you carry on. Two things. And you've actually touched on one of them is one, your why you have to know your why. But I think all I would add to what you said is your why will evolve. So your why for starting something is not going to be the why for carrying it on or the why for growing it or the why for, because my why has changed completely. So I think number one is always evolve your why and keep your why going and keep that front of mind. Like I have a vision board on in my wall right in front of me and my desk in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I um, rewrite my goals every single day um, because I, it's so easy to run through life on the grind, doing the do and forgetting why you're actually freaking doing it. So yeah. that's number one. Number two, especially is, though, I must point yeah. out, especially because your why does change, that's why yeah. you have to keep on writing it down because you know you grow as an individual anyway. So, yeah, it progresses. Change. It? You know, maybe yeah. you've got a why with it in a relationship and you're no longer in that relationship, the why changes, or maybe mm. you're now you were single and had a why and now you're in a relationship and yeah, or you have a baby and things change. You know, circumstances change, people lose family members and your why is going to change. And so what I always say to people is upgrade that why all the time and also upgrade your vision. So in line with that, before I, my final point, upgrade your vision. So, you know, I actually reached a point last June where I sat down one day and I looked around and I was like, oh shit. And my boyfriend was like, what's the matter? And I was like, babe, look at my vision board. I did it. I had the house, I had the car, I had, I was with the man, I had the trips booked, I'd done it all. And Actually, that was, then a, that was then a sticking point for me because I then had to do a lot of catch up to be like, shit, I need to upgrade that vision and upgrade it fast. So I would say to people, upgrade it along the way. And then you're always going to feel like you touched on it earlier, always going to feel like you're moving forward. And then when you have your lowest points for me, like if I think back to when I, I had a, so I'm very honest about it. I had a bit of a nervous breakdown last March. And for the last couple of months, I've been relatively numb. And I always, always think, and it's a really morbid example. But if I, if someone said to me, right, it's your last day on earth, what would you want people to remember you for? Mm. And it isn't wherever I am. It isn't that moment in time. It isn't being upset about this thing or moaning about this thing or the bad thing that's happened to me. It is for making an impact, for helping people believe in it. It's all my, it's my wife, right? So yeah. is just think about if you were to disappear off the face of this earth tomorrow, what would you want people to remember you for? You know, mm. would you want to be remembered as the lazy couch potato? Would you want to be remembered at all? Because some people are living such, con you know, closed lives that they'd be forgotten two days later. You know, and it's, it sounds awful. So for me, it's that making an impact. But, you know, I'm very fortunate that in the businesses I run, they are, you know, obviously I have clients that are interdependent on me and my network of coaches that, you know, in my album business, I have a team. 
And actually one of the things that pulled me out of my black hole last year was doing it for them. Mm. Because sometimes you won't be able to do it for you. That's the brutal truth. Sometimes your darkness will overtake your why, will overtake the burning desire. Because I agree, you've got to have burning desire to make magic. You know, sometimes the darkness will overtake that or the gray clouds, whatever analogy you want to use. Mm. But sometimes it's why accountability, whether that's in the form of, you know, accountability partners or people in your team or, you know, in your case might be ambassadors, you know, or the people that even your customers, you know, who are purchasing those products. If you decide to take three months out, and there's no more stock, what do we do? Mm. You know, and almost that accountability to the end user or my clients, customers and team, that keeps me going. Because if I do this, I'm going to show you that it's possible. If I can get through this and pick myself up and dust myself off, it shows you that it's possible too. So I think that is how I pull myself through is one, upgrading my why and my vision and two, knowing that it's not just about me. I think that's a that's a, a massive thing you've touched on because I do that. I reflect on when I am having a moment and, you know, I just think, why am I doing this? And then that's when I reflect and think, I'm doing this for a purpose. I'm doing this to help other people. It, this isn't about me. I've been given this gift to help other people, to help them progress. And once you remember that, and then, you know, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, some say, but when you get emails saying, you know what, I've, ha- I've been having this really hard time, you've really helped me, that reminds me of my why. Yep, million percent. Mm. Someone says thank you, it is the biggest reminder. And almost you don't know what to do with it, because you're like, well, I'm just doing my job. <laughs> but like, yeah. that's the point, you have been given... I always believe, like I'm a big believer in we're exactly where we're supposed to be at the exact right time. And we have forks in the road. And I do believe to a point in destiny in that, you know, there are people that are destined to come in and out of our lives and there's a path and a journey. But I always believe that we have the choice in the world to do things at different times, you know, to make different decisions. Mm. And I definitely think that when somebody says thank you and they really mean it, it's a reminder that you're in the exact right place. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Love that. Well, baby, it was amazing to catch up. We could talk yes, for hours, but I'm conscious of um, <laughs> But that was the way we see it. If anyone has any questions, please feel free to obviously comment on the video or drop us a review on obviously iTunes or Spotify or reach out to us by the social media. So Carly, where can people find you on social media? What are your um, your handles for Instagram, Facebook, etc.? Uh, Instagram is Carly underscore underscore Thornton. Um, Carly Thornton, Facebook, fitness, Carly T at Twitter. Always forget that. Sorry, I don't use Twitter very often. Um, or you can email me on Carly at glutywear.com. But um, either way, yeah. Love it, babe. Love that so much. Thank you so much. And that Thank was you. the way that we see it. Thank you.